Hello listeners and welcome to this special Unions 21 Bite Size Masterclass podcast. This podcast is supported by the University of Sheffield's Political Economy Research Institute, better known as SPERI, and Open Democracy's Beyond Trafficking and Slavery Project. I'm Simon Sapper. I'm Becky Wright. And I'm Tom Hunt from SPERI. This Bite Size Masterclass is from Peter Bloom of the Open University. Peter is talking about digital campaigning and digital communications as it relates to, to, to education and trade union education in, in, in particular. What are the things you think we need to look for? Well, I mean, I think that we talk a lot about digital campaigning, but we haven't really focused on the way in which unions can engage members to learn via digital methodologies. So it'd be quite interesting to hear Peter's ideas around that. I think the point that we need to think about is what kinds of digital technologies are being used to learn and to share information and and help members gain knowledge. Okay, so here's Peter Bloom. Um, Peter Bloom, who is a senior lecturer and head of Department of People and Organisations at the Open University. He's also the co-founder of a research group called REEF, Research into Employment, Empowerment and Futures, and the chair of REF Preparation for the Business and Management Department in his department. So... Thank you very much. So... I want to talk a little bit more in a broad sense about the future of union learning and what it can achieve. Um, And obviously I can do that in 10 minutes because that's not a big topic. So, but you can probably tell by my accent that uh, I'm from the US. So I want to start with a very, very brief uh, story about what inspired our, one of the things that have inspired, for instance, our uh, research group and why we're doing what we're doing. And given that we look at futures, it's actually interesting that we're starting in the past, which is looking at what union learning actually does. And this is important. So when we think about union learning, we oftentimes think about how we can better teach reps and how we can better teach union education. But it has a much more important and transformational aspect. And it brings back to the fact that we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's assassination, which you would not necessarily connect to unions. And in a liberal kind of mindset, it's very easy not to, because we have a day for him, he is a Nobel Peace Prize winner, and it's about Martin Luther King. But that's not the story. And that's not the story for the people who are actually part of the civil rights movement. That story was the fact that in the 1930s, blacks were allowed to join unions. After the Second World War, they learned union skills, and they took those union skills, applied them to the NAACP, and for two decades, built up the largest anti-apartheid movement before South Africa in Western and non-Western history. So when we're talking about this, what we're actually talking about is teaching people skills not only to make a difference in their own life, to actually achieve social change together. And I think that's important. Um, Sorry, I get very passionate when I've had two cups of coffee, so (laughs) I apologize. Um, So (laughs) looking at the future, we think that What we see is that there's a huge skills gap in terms of actually knowing how to organize. How do we actually come together and make decisions? It's interesting that we call ourselves a democracy, but I think we so rarely get to practice democratic decision-making or even have spaces for constructive decision-making discussions together. And those were places that unions traditionally provided on an everyday level that I think in many places are increasingly missing because of the decline in unions. 
So what does this mean in practice? And then we're going to get to some of the more fun things, uh, or I think they're fun, but I'm a bit nerdy, so again, I apologize. Um, well, a key part that we're already seeing is the fact that we're seeing union learning already using technology, but in quite ways that you wouldn't think before. So some of you may be watching the news. I don't blame you if you don't. Uh, in between the threat of a third world war and a variety of other things, you probably have seen that there's actually huge amounts of grassroots wildcat union strikes in the U.S. in places you would not expect them. The reason for that, it is because for decades, public sector unions have said, we want the same things that you want, increased funding uh, for education, we want increased ability to better your pay, and we want more say, but what can we do? We're aligned with the Democrats. The Democrats say that we can't do this. So people started WhatsApp groups. That's what they did. They started WhatsApp groups, and they started talking, and they started saying, if we don't go into work, without even a union mindset, I, I have to say this, and they have some data, if we don't go into work, what's going to happen? <laughs> and they started realizing that if they didn't go into work, they had power, and that schools don't run. And they also realized that people who supposedly voted for Trump and are so right-wing, that actually they quite like teachers, and they like their kids being educated, and they don't like the idea that their kids are going into classrooms that don't have proper chairs. So they were able to actually use WhatsApp networks and Facebook to actually start building on their own organizational skills that we would uh, linked to collective action. So our research center has three aims, um, besides, I guess, a global grassroots revolution. Uh, I don't know if that's an aim as much as a broader project. Um, I hope I don't get performance managed review on it, but uh, <laughs> the first is the fact that we want to be able to use immersive experience to better allow people to understand what their opportunities are and to teach organizing and industrial democracy skills. The second is to be able to use mobile and digital platforms in order to help spread these skills and help formalize them and bring them into places that you may not traditionally think them. And the third is to help construct platforms that allow for self-learning networks that are not just about providing people skills, but actually creating the types of solidarity, the experiential and the real-time data that people can actually use their experience from their own movements in order to help increase knowledge and discussions. So what does that mean in practice again? I think one of the first things, and now we'll think, is we're going to focus on gamification. I like to play games. Uh, mostly, as I mentioned, I'm a nerd, so I apologize if people have more exciting lives than me. Um, but you will find something, which is people talk about the digital divide. But what they don't talk about is the fact that while there's a huge digital divide, there's actually a quite small, increasingly mobile divide. And that's because people increasingly have access to mobiles and know how to use them effectively, whether through Wi-Fi or apps. Okay? And that's an important thing that some of our research has begun to show. So what we've been looking at is how can we use varieties of games in order to help teach union organization knowledge help to spread this knowledge, and then help to bring it in and show different alternatives. So one of the key things that we said is the fact that we would like to create mobile games that can be used by everyone. The first, just actually teach people how to build unions and connect up to unions. 
We think that's really important. You'd be surprised, particularly among the younger generation, who have no idea about this. Secondly, we've noticed that there's a, a huge gap between the types of skills people need to even just be everyday caseworkers for union reps. So we'd like to teach games that can help do that. Thirdly, we'd like to construct games that will help people actually understand different ways in which they can collectively organize and the different types of strategies that this can be involved with. And fourthly, fourthly, we would like to be able to use games in order to show people alternative forms of organizational arrangements that go beyond capitalist employer-employee relationships towards things that are kind of like union-led cooperative uh, workers' cooperatives. What this then will do is allow people to be part of platforms that can connect up to each other, share their experiences, talk about the ways in which they've been part of these games, and actually allow them within their workplaces and in their sectors to actually create types of digital networks based on these platforms so they can actually apply this knowledge to their real-life experiences. Um, so sorry, I only had 10 minutes, but I hope that was all right. And I'm happy to answer any further questions. Well, gaming. Gaming as a means to uh, to trade union education, I, I really like that. I like the idea of gaming too. My only question, I suppose, about gaming is whether or not people have got the time to sit down and do something additional to what they normally do. If they already play games, then that's great. I think one of the interesting things in Peter's contribution was the he focuses in on how there's a very small mobile divide these days. Everyone yeah. has a phone. Everyone uses yeah. technologies like WhatsApp, Facebook on their phone. And I think they are the technologies that can have a real impact in, in kind of getting members to talk to each other. Yeah, I, I would say that two things on that one. The first is I, I live in a gaming household where I don't game. And I'm being forever forced to oh come and play this game with me and I'm like I don't have the hand-eye coordination skills required to to handle one of those things and I don't really care that much about them either I think I played like Star Wars Lego a couple of times and was like that's it I'm done so there is a level of which I think there'll be a gaming divide about pe how people kind of choose to yeah. kind of use it and I think we have to think very carefully about all of that aspect but that kind of mobile or the lack of mobile divide is crucial actually because i think i know i was talking to a few unions quite a few years ago and they were saying you know oh members don't can't get on access to the internet and so we can't do certain things at certain times and i was like i think most of your members will have a mobile phone but they not and they're like oh well mm. it's like actually yeah most people have a mobile phone it's very rare that people don't have a mobile phone that they can use the internet on so how do we kind of use the things that people are already using not create a whole load of new things but just think actually how do we use like whatsapp to bring people together but also as a teaching tool how do we use it to engage in discussions now the, tr the trick and i think the challenge for educators in the trade union world would be like how do you evidence it and how does it go into any kind of formal qualification sort of structure but i think it's it's definitely something we need to think more of. 
Well, I, I take your point about formal qualifications and the, and the, the pathways through through all this, but yep. you need to engage people before you can think about them. Yeah, no, I get, know. Get, yeah. Get, get, getting to, getting to that stage, and, and and I think you know, Peter, you know, Peter's analysis of the market and the, the the real digital divide, or if you like, or the mobile divide, is really helpful. But then we get down to the question of horses for courses, and and um, I, I agree that you need, we need to embed this in what people do every day as as is naturally almost as breathing or walking or whatever. I mean, every tube train carriage I get on seems to be full of people playing Candy Crush. <laughs> but I know that if the tube train was full of 14-year-olds, they'd be playing Fortnite, yep. right? So do we want the Candy Crush generation or what the Fortnite generation? It's horses for courses. We probably need both. I was going to say, if, if Gavin Kelly's told us anything, we need that thing that I've never heard of, that uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Gen- what on earth is... We'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's a subject for a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but we need both. And we need to think about how people can just go on and yeah. do a bit of bite-sized and not think of it in terms of being in front of a computer, maybe. I think that's right. I was recently part of a discussion in, in my union, um, and the group was trying to decide how to communicate best amongst itself. So far, the conversation up to then had been by email, um, and the alternative that was being proposed was Slack. Now, I've used Slack um, and have got to know how to use it, but for 90% of people around the room they hadn't even heard of Slack so saying right this is how we're now going to communicate was immediately um, cutting them out of that conversation if people have to learn a new technology in order to be part of a conversation then I think you're off to a bad start things like WhatsApp Facebook have greater uh, penetration into sort of the the population and so that's where I think I would say the attention should be paid. This podcast is one of a series of five bite-sized masterclasses from Unions 21 supported by Sperry and Open Democracy. You can subscribe and rate the other episodes on Podbean, iTunes and the podcasting platform of your choice. You've been listening to me, Simon Sapper. Me, Becky Wright. And me, Tom Hunt. Unions 21 Bite Size Masterclass Podcast has been supported by Sperry and Beyond Trafficking and Slavery on Open Democracy. Beyond Trafficking and Slavery is a platform working to explain how and why labour exploitation takes place, as well as what unions and other activists are doing to prevent it. Take a look at www.opendemocracy.net forward slash beyond slavery. This has been a Makes You Think production. <laughs>